Hi, I'm JD. This is ChimeraCast, a production of the Chimera Collective. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcatcher. We also have merch available and just launched our Patreon. For backing, you'll gain access to our Discord and the ability to vote on upcoming Seasides. You can also get an RSS feed for an unabridged table-side version of the podcast, which includes all our banter, rules discussions, and session debriefs. We'll also have game readings and occasional exclusive Seasides in that feed. Links to the details and our social media are in the show notes. Hi, I'm Zach. I'm playing Melio Moretti, the Bard. Hi, I'm Ryan. I'm playing Urzidi, the Spellblade. Hi, I'm Nathan. I'm playing Lug, the Barbarian. I'm JD. I'm the Dungeon Master for this game. This is ChimeraCast, a Dungeon World actual play podcast. Last time, two of you, Ruzidi and Melio, traveled accidentally back into the past of the city and came eyes to eye with Signal Kabor, the first immortal Cyclops. And then Lug made your way further through the city toward the Ziggurat. Had some talking with 138 heads on spikes. And then Ruzidi and Melio... The two of you found some healing supplies that you gathered and then traveled back to the present using Uruzidi's sword magic and found yourself face to face with a bunch of skeletons in this old hospital, I guess you could call it. And then Lug, you found yourself in front of a pit which rests before the ziggurat full yeah. of gore, bones, old rotted flesh and ghouls amongst it oh yeah and that's where we left off so we'll pick back up there oh hey i wondered where the two of you went everybody they're over here come get them spent a very pleasant afternoon away from your company heads well i don't see any reason to be rude like that Razidi just makes a rude gesture as he gets ready to fight all these fucking skeletons who are about to kill him it sticks its tongue out at you. <laughs> Makes a raspberry. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> These skeleton zealots are approaching the two of you, wielding these sort of surgical obsidian knives. What do the two of you do? Emilio, what shape are you in? I'm a little roughed up. I'm at 6 HP, but I have applied poultices and herbs, but they are slow, so I do not believe they have okay. taken effect quite yet. I think I would rather... How many of them are there? Right now, there's six of them up here. You might see some more behind them walking along that bridge that leads from the now-collapsed platform in the center. Uh, Two versus six doesn't sound like a very fair fight. Three each? You can handle that. I'm not in a way to handle as much. And I start dabbing at the ink on my cloak and pressing it to his back. Did I ever tell you about the squids that lived on the coast of Luko? They used to take prisoners there to torture them. The squids said to extract memories, make people forget who they were, only leaving them with questions so that they would die slowly like an infant. This story sucks! You see, I'm trying to make some giant tentacles that are coming out of the back of Ryan. Sure. You're going for your arcane art, I assume. Yes. Roll it. That is a 12. I would like to give you plus 2d4 to damage. How are you doing on health? Do you want some healing? No, I'm full. Then uh, the next time someone successfully assists the target with an aid, they get plus 2 instead of plus 1. That makes sense. That You've got sense. some control yeah. over the, the squiddly arms. Yeah. Uruzidi, you have these tentacles growing out of you now, these black inky tentacles. I realize that means that that's where you, you all got your like ink from, huh? It was like these squids that lived off the coast of Luko. Uh, yes. I dig that. 
Whoa, okay, this isn't looking good for my side. Hey, we're gonna need reinforcements up here. How close is this head on a spike? The head on a spike is posted near the doorway. Can the tentacles reach the head real yeah, quick? Yeah, sure, I don't care. Yeah, they just <laughs> I just send some of the tentacles to impale the head and just, like, rip it in half. Yeah, so you, like, splort one of these tentacles, like, through its eye and rip its face out. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm gonna activate the Lorica Vortex. So I get that plus three to damage. Sick. I'm going to rush in. I'm essentially rushing into the center mass of these six skeletons and like using the tentacles and the reach of Talon. I'm trying to do as much like AOE damage to this group as I can. Like a prototype attack. Is that the video game that I'm thinking of? It is. Yeah, I think so. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I remember liking that first one all right. I think it got a bit redundant, but it was okay. I didn't play the second one. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense, especially with these tentacles or whatever, that you're going to be able to hit multiple of these skeletons. So you're going for it. Give me a hack and slash. That is an 11. Are you going to put yourself in a spot? You fucking betcha. Cool. Roll your damage, please. Twenty points of damage. Oh, I was really excited that it was a new one, a new record. I was like, "Come on!" <laughs> that was with the two d four, right? Yeah, two d four, a d ten, a d six, plus the three from the Lorica. Yep. And I get plus two damage. I get plus one from it being my sorcerer's blade, and plus one because it's precise and serrated. Because I multiclassed in to get the fighter's signature weapon. Got it. Yeah, you are going to rush in there and destroy three of them. You can describe this set piece. The other three are going to be there, though, and will do some damage back to you. But you can describe the badassness first. It's like not a spinning attack, but more these tentacles flow off my back and catch two of them behind me as I like faint with Talon under trying to get one to like guard low and then sliding Talon up and around and just driving it through this skull and powdering it as these tentacles just wrap around bones and pull apart two more of these skeletons. Sweet. So as that happens, you are focusing on a few of these, but the other three are able to get through since you drove yourself just into this crowd, right? And begin stabbing you and cutting you with these obsidian daggers. Uh, You're going to take a best of 2d6. That's four. And then plus two for the other two skeletons that are attacking you, right? Okay. So that's six points of damage. Armor would apply, but obviously you're using the damage part of the Loracle Vertex. So, Melio. Yes. What are you doing? I am in a sorry state. I'm a little messed up. So I think I'm going to take a little bit more of a market approach. I'm going to pull out my bow. And I'm going to try and take aim at the skeleton, probably the the lead one that is attacking my compadre. Sure. Yeah, give me a volley on this one. Oh, sweet. Um, we're at five, and my dex is two. That's a seven, baby. Oh. Yeah. Bummer. I'm putting myself in a spot. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, sure. I have my character take a a smart route, but I'm not going to like, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just deal one damage to the skeleton. <laughs> no, I'm going to use my full damage, but I would like to put myself in a spot. Roll your damage, please. Ooh, four damage. Yeah, you start peppering one of these skeletons. And then you hear from behind you, bony feet on stone stairs. What is it? One pair? How dense are the bones? <laughs> I kind of was wondering if it was a giant skeleton or a regular size skeleton. Uh, no, it's, it's not then... a giant. Oh, okay. That's good. There are a couple of skeletons coming up. The problem is that they are cutting off your ability to run away. Oh, uh, so they're coming at us from basically both sides. Yes. That's the spot you are in. Yikes. Okay. The one in front coming up the stairs is holding a head on a spike. There they are. Get them. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> he actually did get help. <laughs> well, this sucks for us. And how many does it look like there are on the stairs? You see two, but the stairs kind of round the corner and you hear more bony footsteps coming up. What's in this room? It is a medical facility, you know, so there's like tables laying out for people to have laid on. Is there something you're looking for? Are they movable? The tables? Yeah. Sure. 
Sweet. What I'm going for, what I'm trying to do, is I'm going to try and like block the way there so we can deal with one threat at a time. You know, if it's decently sized, just chuck this table down there and maybe follow it up with some more shit. That feels clever. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. This feels like quick thinking. That sounds good. Intelligence is bad for you, huh? I'm pretty sure, but whatever. Maybe... I mean, my wisdom and my intelligence are the same. It wouldn't be wisdom. The other thing that I was thinking of was maybe strength because of just physically moving this table easily enough by yourself. Because I feel like they're sturdy. Because I was originally picturing stone pedestals, but I don't mind them being yeah. like movable pedestals. Well, that's justification enough for me for strength then. If that feels right. Okay with it. Because it's like, if they're heavy. I'm fine with that. Cool. I think that just tells a different story of what you might get caught up doing on a 7 through 9 or a 6 minus. Yeah, I yeah. think that's totally fine. Let's go for it. Uh, uh, a 13? You are fucking dead by the end of this. No, dude. Yeah, you pretty handily, like, almost throw this table over. You get it over there quickly enough, right, to successfully block them from entering. How many of these skeletons are left up here? There are still three. One of them has taken an arrow into maybe a shoulder blade, which has, like, cracked it apart a little bit, but it is still up. And yes, they are coming for you, trying to continue to stab you with these obsidian daggers and the cuts that have already been made in you, you feel are, they almost feel like paper cuts. Like, they sting more than they feel like a, a large wound. Yeah, I've been cut by an X-Acto knife before. I'm assuming it's similar. Yes, I would say so. Yikes. Urzi, the first thing he does once he gets these, like, obsidian dagger wounds is clamp that Lorica back into place. All right, whatever unspoken command links him to the, the armor. And then Urzidi is going to summon up his sword magic. Cool, roll it. That's a 10. Nice, so you have three hold. We're on top of a roof here, right? No, you're on a second floor, but you're not out exposed on a roof. Oh, okay. It opens out from here onto this bridge that led to the center of town. And the center of town is where we kind of fought that mummy, right? That's where the dwarven skeleton inquisitor. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Then whichever skeleton is like the closest to blocking our way across this bridge, Urzidi just lights up thrusts Talon at it, but a bright wave of golden fire erupts from Talon and just, like, consumes this skeleton. Yeah, for sure. I think this one is probably the one that Melio damaged with the arrow, because you said that you were going for the main one, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that makes sense. So yeah, go ahead and roll your damage. Six. Yeah, you destroy it. What does it look like? Urzidi reaches down and grabs Melio. Let's go! And I'm going to start sprinting and, like, trying to pull Melio after me across this bridge. First, I mean, this will probably end up kind of becoming the same move, but I wanted to describe it anyway. Because you were using your magic to destroy this skeleton, the other two are going to try to slice at you, right? You're also grabbing Melio, so I think we can probably just roll this into one to five dangers you run away. But what do you do to, like, run past them or through them or whatever as you're grabbing Melio? Can I spend a hold to make like a big shield uh like a big obsidian shield in front of me to like almost like a cow catcher on a an old train to just like push my way through i know that's not exp explicitly in the move are there well then no you can't do it um <laughs> if you if you can get oh like figure out one of the mechanics that maybe you could translate flavor wise into this then yeah of course but otherwise, it sounds more like you're... I mean, I could just... I have two hold left. I could just choose a change of location, and that's what it looks like. That is true. If you're going to do that, you should do something sweeter, I would say, than, like, barrel through them. I don't... Uh, like... Oh, yeah. I mean, we become... We, like, disintegrate into obsidian chips, right? We just become this, like, tornado of obsidian chips flowing across the bridge. So yes, the two of you fly off as these shards of obsidian being carried back over this bridge toward the center of the city. Lug, we have the barbarian move to handle. We do. I was going to ask. Sweet. Do you have a question for me? Outsider. Yes, I do. Who or what mm. is Lug in service to? What Pythian entity holds your leash? Oh, it's Rock. Rock was the uh, Pythian lord that Velo served. Oh, God. And when Velo got turned into a parrot, all he could say was rock. That's right. That rules. Cool. You stand by this pit, this triangular pit. You're on, like, the tip of it. The flat end is on the ziggurat side. 
And as I described last time, it is full of this kind of almost congealed or melted gore with bones mixed in and amongst it and with some ghouls climbing around inside down in that pit. It's like 10 feet down, right? From the lip? Yeah, yeah. There's like the remnants of flesh and dried blood like sticking to the sides of it. So at one point it had been full, but yes, it is. Yeah. So what happens if I walk around the exterior of this pit? How does this intersect with the walkway that I'm on? So, like, if it were a triangular piece, that would su- that would suggest that I there were a point on either far end that I could simply jump over, which I assume is not the case, as that would be less than interesting, but something I could do. Uh, I'm not sure what you mean exactly. So, it is not blocking your way. You can walk around it. Oh. So, oh. the roads go up the sides. I thought it was like a moat. No, 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 okay. no. Yes, that's... My bad for explaining it that way. This is not a moat in front of it. It is a pit in the center. The two roads, the two main roads that like led all the way back past everything underneath the bridge go to the far edges of the triangle. There are steps there that go from either side that go up the ziggurat. Does that make sense? Yeah. But the pit was, you know, it's big, so it's kind of unavoidable to see it. Yeah. No, and I, I follow. I, I thought that it was an obstacle, not a set piece. The part of the ziggurat that leads down to that far edge of the pit, the long edge of the pit, it's the front of the ziggurat, and the steps of the ziggurat go up the side to the top, and then leading down, there's like this ramp that leads down into the pit that's like a flattened ramp. I can walk around this pit to get to the ziggurat. That's the important question here. Yes, it is not preventing your progress. Okay. Lug snarls, looks down at this pit, and like gets down on his belly and looks down into it at the ghouls whom I assume are are too busy gorging themselves to pay me any mind, and I breathe deep this summer day garbage scent that this pit exudes. Yeah, there's almost like that mirage shimmer of stench hanging in the air coming off of this pit. And Lug revels for a second in the lightheadedness that this affords him as he nearly vomits, and he gets to his feet, and I'm going to make my way toward the ziggurat. You do know that only death awaits you there, right? Just like all of these in the pit. Lug spits in the direction of the head. Death is who I've come here to flout. Well, unless you've brought a few 10,000 sacrifices, I've got bad news for you. Your two companions aren't going to be enough. Besides, I've got skeletons murdering them now, over in the other part of town. (laughs) (sighs) Where? Lug looks a bit annoyed. Oh, back past the encloister. Cocks an eyebrow, turns around and looks back the path that I'm walking. There. Yeah, you see that building that's bigger than the others? They're in there, being cut apart. <sighs> Dismembered. For my pleasure. <laughs> Maybe I'll use their heads to replace the ones that you destroyed. Some of them, at least. I think at that, I just push the stick over, right? And the, the head, like, kind of rattles, splats onto the ground. It's putrefying flesh, like, smearing a bit. Oh, nice to rest my head. And Lug tries to turn around, and the camera shows, like, a fight between the upper body and the lower body as his feet walk back toward the cloister? Is that what you called it? As Lug attempts to go toward the ziggurat. Do you want to make a roll here, just to, like, see how this, like, struggle is going? I suppose we should. If you don't want to, that's totally fine if you, you know, have a clear direction that you want to take. I was just going to have Kimmins not will, but, like, have Lug be like, fine, we'll go check it out, and, like, just go, as it's not a thing that Lug has any reason to fight over, you know? I can keep up the ruse, and then you don't fight as hard if I do this. That was kind of my thought. That's really fair. I think that makes sense. I was just trying to show on camera for a second that there is a disconnect. Let me do it. Is that cool? Yeah, definitely. I don't think now is the time for the roll, just because the stakes don't seem super good. Like, continuing on to the ziggurat by myself is fine, but not really where we want the camera right now. I think it'd be better if we try to get everybody together. Me too. Yeah. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. That's why I wanted to ask, but I think that makes perfect sense. Cool. So you're heading back up the road toward the collapsed platform? Yeah. If I'm understanding that's the general area my boys are at. Right. Cool. Then that's the direction that I'm making, but like in a sort of weird... I picture you almost looking a little drunk, like a little stumbly. Yeah, that's a good way to say it, where like the upper half of the body and, and Lug keeps trying to twist, and uh, so he's walking in a spiral every once in a while. It may take me a moment, but I think you can go back to the guys. 
as the two of you drift off as these shards you hear from past the table. What are you waiting for? Get this table out of the way! And the skeletons that you blow past, right, begin heading toward that table to drag it out of the way of the door. But you're all able to get away for the moment. As you drift magically along the air across this bridge, back toward the collapsed columns of that central structure, Emilio and Urazidi, you both, I think, see in your kind of mind's eye, since I'm not really sure what happens to your real vision when you do this, you see that glowing eye of Signal Kabor again that pierced into you back in time. And when the two of you rematerialize, it doesn't feel right. Your physical body doesn't feel right. And it feels like it's not responding very well to you. Not the way that it should when you normally do this sort of transportation, right? Both of you feel a little bit like you're moving through water slow. You have to force your movement a little bit more. Both of you mark shaky for me. But the two of you have rematerialized, I think maybe on the edge of the bridge, so by the stairs of this central platform, near now where I, just to, for convenience sake, lug, you are walking right back up that path toward them and see them reform. The gang's back together. Woo. <sighs> Sweet. Kevin, are you alright? The feet stop, and the torso aligns. Yes. Good. Hello. Where have you been? What did you see? I was scouting. And? What did you see? There was a hole with guts. What do you mean a hole with guts? There is a pit with parts and things eating. We have no time for this. We have to get going. We're being chased by skeletons. I heard the heads told me. It occurred to me in trying to talk with them that I'm not speaking English to the heads. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. The heads just speak your language. That's just how they work. That's what I assume, yeah. Is the pit on the way to the ziggurat? Yes. Lead us. Kind of shaky, but at the very least, uh, in concert, Lug begins moving toward the ziggurat. While behind you, I look over to Zidi. That's not Kimmon. He's not that dumb. The camera shows Kimmon's toned ass in the (laughs) panel between the two of you. Do you know a way to get him back? Not an easy one. And right now, I don't think we have the time. We need to get ourselves time. When we get inside, we'll have to figure it out. For now, though, act as if he's our friend. Yeah, I think we follow after him. The three of you are walking by this pit, would be my guess of where we're cutting back in, sort of. It's not too far. You know, the three of you walk past uh, more of these obelisks that decorate the town. Lug turns to Urizidi. Storyteller, <laughs> tell me a tale of guts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of your flags is play into. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would remind you of Lug's flag play into my ruse. And you're calling him the storyteller. I am calling Urizidi the storyteller. Because all humans look alike to you, I assume. Yes. Which is very good. (laughs) (laughs) At this, I take out my drugs that I haven't actually (laughs) taken in a long time, I think. Days, at least. And I just fucking torch that shit (laughs) in response to tell me... What drugs do you still have? I've got my... Uh, He's got his pipe leaf, which is... um, Which is actually the good, good. Glint. Oh, that's right. What kind of glint did you have? Did you ever describe it? I don't remember. Uh, I don't have the good stuff. I've got the medium stuff. Didn't you do, like, all the glint I gave you at once? Yes. I believe so. Anyways, I'm trying to get shiny. What color of glint did we say that you had? Or did we? We didn't. No, he had red. No, the red was what you had. You had red. Okay. I think I have like a dark purple, don't I? Sure. I don't remember that at all. I don't think you ever described it, but maybe that's how you were envisioning it. That's fine. Yeah, what does this do for you? Gets me out of my skin for half a second. Hopefully, you know, clears my head. I'll let you clear that shaky. Oh, dope. Yeah. It like resettles you into your skin. Maybe in an awkward way, your proprioception suddenly like increases. You're very aware of where your limbs are, where you weren't due to that traveling that happened earlier. Yeah. So I think that makes fictional sense. Cool. Urizidi's nose starts going like 
turns around and looks at Melio. As you look, I just torch the rest of it. You bastard. <sighs> Obviously, I over inhale, get a little <laughs> ash in my lungs. <laughs> Serves you right, dick. I'm wounded. <laughs> Besides, there wasn't enough for you to get anything out of it. And I throw my pipe on the ground and smash it under my heel. Tell me a tale of guts. Come on. Turns back to uh, Kimmon. Very well. I shall show Emilio how it's done. At the periphery of my father's kingdom, there was once an insignificant city known for its toys, its clockwork. <laughs> they resisted my father piteously. Like a fly attacking the elephant, they were swatted away. But there was one among them, some nobleman of a great house, who provided particular resistance to my father. I was young then, but I was tasked with overseeing his execution, a birthday gift. And so I had his intestines unspooled before me and wound around a great spear shaft. It took the man hours to die. He died screaming in pain as he watched as the rest of his city's people were staked along the road. Arazidi looks back at Melio. What of my crowning achievements? Yes, just like picking out the best boots to wear to the ball, piece of shit. <laughs> Spit at your feet. <laughs> A good story, let's go. Yeah, that's better than the one your friend's been telling. He's here. <laughs> I think we all just go... <laughs> they said better than the one your friend's been telling. The friend in question is me, so it's... I'll take it as personal offense. Yeah, it's Melio. Better than the stories that Melio's been telling. Oh! Because Melio told the, yeah. the squid story or whatever, and 138 told him that that story sucked. <laughs> Why can't you just shut the hell up? Me or the heads... The heads, you idiot. It's kind of all I've got going for me. You know, being just a head. Then why not actually engage? All you keep saying is that we're not going to make it. We're not going to get there. We're going to die. Blah, 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 blah. If we're the only thing that has actually given you cause to spew your vomit forth, why not try and get something out of it? Urzidi looks down at his, like, shit and mud and harpy puke and blood-stained formerly pristine white tabard and I'm gonna tear like a chunk out of it and then a long strip and I mean feel free to reply as a as the 138 heads on stick but I'm gonna stuff their mouth full of this tabard and then tie it around so that they can't spit it out basically because at this point Urizidi thinks that not being able to talk might be worse for the hundred however many left heads on a stake than being destroyed. I think we're at 129. <laughs> Give me a defied intro plus dex. <laughs> you can bite your finger. Right. For the record, for the record, as soon as the co like nobody's looking at, at Kim and lose a fucking finger trying it's gonna to be great. <laughs> as soon as nobody's looking at him, Lug like relaxes and looks strangely like a mannequin. There's nothing. <laughs> just nothing. <laughs> Yeah, it's a five. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Say goodbye to two of your fingers. Oof. You shove this cloth in and 138 heads on a stick immediately chomps down with force that is probably inhuman. They're not limited by muscles. It's like a mouse trap. And it chuckles even with this strip of cloth in its mouth. <laughs> and then just begins chewing. Ow, God. Or is he just like in that shocked fury just drives Talon through the head? Fucker. <laughs> he takes that strip of cloth that he had meant to tie around its head to keep the thing in and uses it to like wrap his last two fingers on his hand. So you slice this head apart, right? And I think the fingers that are now partially chewed apart into a few pieces, right? Fall to the ground along as this head is like split apart. And you see a wriggling these whitish threads seem to reach in between the fingers and pull the fingers back together. 
Like the stumps on my hand and the fingers on the ground? No, 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 no. It's not like that long. The fingers that were chewed apart, they were like chewed into a few different pieces. Can I pick the fingers up and hold them back up towards my hand? You can. Does the same thing happen? These whitish tendrils, these thin mycelium reach out and grab onto the finger and pull the fingers back onto your hand. Holy shit, we finally found out what that stupid thing was the very beginning of the game. (laughs) Oh my god. Wait, what? The fucking skeleton. Yeah, I've had these these weird fucking hairs growing out. I think I only pulled the one out the the one time that was like poking out of my neck or whatever, my arm. Yeah, only a few have like ever reached out beyond your skin, but cut open, they're quite prominent in there. It's like that episode of Futurama where Fry gets the little like tape mutant the, tapeworm. The, the, you the literally have a, a positive <laughs> parasitic tapeworm, yeah. You have a symbiote, dude. I don't think it's good, though. Your fingers have reattached themselves to your hand. Urzidi looks to see if anybody else noticed. Oh, Lug absolutely noticed, but hold on. <laughs> good job. Gesturing toward your hand. Uh, what? I, uh, oh, yes. <laughs> <clears throat> yes, but just another byproduct of my magic. <clears throat> anyway, perhaps it's best we move on. Lug smiles and looks at, like, and it's Vincent D'Onofrio from Men in Black look, like that kind of smile. Looks at Melio. Let's go. Let's. And I lead the way to the ziggurat. So, Melio, as you walk past this stinking pit with guts filling it up, that haze of stench shimmering in the air. You get closer to the ziggurat with the staircase leading right down either side of it. But the ramp, as you get closer, that leads down into the pit, has numerous grooves. They're not straight. They twist and turn like a river. These darkened grooves running down the stone. You can see from being closer, there is some sort of altar up at the top of the stairs. Underneath the central structure that looks somewhat like the gazebo with a fire still burning on the top of it. So is this before the ziggurat? Yeah, this ramp like leads from the pit to the ziggurat, but it's too steep to walk up. And then the stairs go down either side of the front of the ziggurat. Does that make sense? I think so. Yes. So there's the front and then there's like the central part where you would stand right the platform at the top of the ziggurat that has this altar at it. Then from there, the stairs go yeah. down either side to the two roads, right? Yeah. So basically, our path is up the stairs at this point. Like, there's no entrance at the bottom. Yeah, the the walls of the city meet with the, the ziggurat. Then we keep making our way up. These stairs, as you climb up them, are somewhat oversized. They're uncomfortable to walk up. You can step up them, but they're not comfortably designed for each step, right? And the three of you make your way to the top of this ziggurat. It is the highest point in the city, so you can look out and see everything. There is an altar that, much like the ramp itself, has these grooves that look eroded into it. Behind that is the entrance into the ziggurat, this gazebo kind of held up by columns that you can see through. The fire is burning on top of the roof of this structure, so you can't really see that very much, although the occasional flicker of this burning flame. From here, you can see past the ziggurat, outside of the city, to a large structure, bigger than the ziggurat itself, which has pictograms drawn on it. You can vaguely make them out maybe from here, but it stands about 100 feet high, this slab of stone. How tall is the ziggurat? The ziggurat is probably a good 60 feet high, something like that. So tall, but not as tall as this. It's a stela, so it's a flat or like a rectangular shaped, like an obelisk. It's a freestanding stone structure, right? Yeah, yeah. This is outside the walls of the city? Past the ziggurat. Wild. Can Urzidi read from here some of those pictograms? Yeah, if you're going to spend some time looking at them or whatever. I think the thing that you pick out, I'm not going to have you roll for this or whatever, is the depiction of sacrifices. There's obviously more to it, and if you spend more time looking at it, you'll understand more of the mural, or more of what's being depicted there. But this first glance, right, it shows what look like legions. You know, it looks like an army, almost. It looks like depictions that your father would make on his conquests of his armies marching in, right? 
but it is of figures that are lined up to be sacrificed. It seems to be directly outside of the view of this gazebo, this standing structure at the top of the ziggurat. Rad, so like you'd look out at this and it's supposed to tell you what it was used for almost? Right. Cool. There is movement within the shadows of this column structure. What do you mean, movement within the shadows? It's not clear yet, but there is a, a shadowy movement within. There is a silhouette of a figure within. The structure out outside of here? Like the monolith thing? No, no, no. Not the stila. Within this, like a gazebo. The shadows of this. Mm. There's probably a better word for it, but I don't know. Gazebo is the thing that makes the most sense to me. It's like an, a semi-open air. Right? No, yeah, that makes but sense. But with a roof on top. Yeah, the shrine. But whatever. yeah, yeah, it basically is a shrine, yeah. We are not near the sacrificial altar, are we? You're saying that this is above us? Once you make it to the top of the stairs, that's where you're at, is right at that altar. Yeah. Is the altar. The gazebo is an awning, basically, that goes into the entrance of the ziggurat, right? Yeah, except you can, like, see through the other side. Cool. Yeah. But there, but anyway, we, that's, that, that's over the entrance. It is the entrance to the ziggurat, yes. I want to make it to this altar. So I'm pressing forward. You're able to do so? Is there something you're specifically going for? Yes. When we get to the altar. You're at full HP, right? Oh, yeah. Perfect. Before we go in, we should heal our wounds. Kimmon, rest on the altar so I can heal you. I mean, yeah, I think the only interesting thing is to do it, right? Yes. We should sleep. I gesture towards the altar for you to lay upon it. Yeah, Lug walks over to it and sits down for a moment. I give a knowing nod to Urizidi, uh, and then I take off my inky cloak and cover you in it. All right, JD, I got to try this here, because if this ain't a place of fucking power, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a place of power. I think as you in tune to the ritual magic, you see that stench shimmer down in that pit is all magic radiating up. Hmm. This altar looks out on the entire city, right? Hell yeah. And you see the geometric patterns like in the way that the buildings are all constructed. This is a very deep place of power, yeah. Fuck yeah. I would like to try and get Lug out of Kimmon. You're going for a ritual, right? Uh, yeah, let me read ritual for you. When you draw on a place of power to create a magical effect, tell the GM what you're trying to achieve. Ritual effects are always possible, but the GM will give you one to four of the following conditions. These are the conditions. It's going to take days slash weeks slash months. First, you must blank. You'll need help from blank. It will require a lot of money. The best you can do is a lesser version, unreliable and limited. You and your allies will risk danger from blank. You'll have to disenchant blank to do it. My one piece of cool flavor while you're thinking over your different options, JD, is as you just said, we have a pit that's emanating magic. I would love to have to use that pit of guts in some capacity because drawing on that to wretch lug out of his body seems, A, there's probably some fucking stakes there because we don't know what this pit does. This is the problem with being a bard. You're not actually a good magic user. It just seems sweet. If that's like a cesspool of where the dead's magic goes. I like that for sure. I think needing some of these guts makes perfect sense, which you could probably do in a couple of different ways, but I'll let you think of that yourself. Yeah. You are going to risk danger from what is inside the entrance of the ziggurat. And I'll also remind that Urizidi has many thousands of coins. Oh, I guess that taps more into the pithiest side of things, to be fair. So yes, first you will need some of this gore. You risk danger from what is inside this entrance of the ziggurat. Mostly about it taking time more than anything else, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, I think that makes sense. You're affecting a Pythian, and precious metals are one of the ways to do so. So I think it taking your coin makes sense to me. That's cool with you, I assume, because you brought it up. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's just a matter of the side effects of unspooling this Pythian magic, right? Well, so if it's going to take Urizidi's coin, you should probably have Urizidi need to help. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It probably shouldn't just be a byproduct of what's happening. Like, No, no, no. I will role play this situation out. Your wounds are much worse than I thought. Urizidi, I will need the healing implements. And I point at your coin purse. Uh, really, your talents aren't 
good enough to address this on your own. No. Look at him. And I gesture towards your face. He has clearly been scarred by these battles. Lug's a bit confused, but tries to make an anguished face. <laughs> I love how he, Lug also has to pretend. <laughs> I know. Like is, I gesture for your bag of gold coin. Uh, oh, very well. Erzidi takes the pouch off his belt, and then he fishes around in his pack, and... It's like the scene in The Matrix when they have all of Neo's guns and it's like this never-ending flow of guns. It's <laughs> Only it's like money. coin purse after coin purse, like ripping secret compartments out of his backpack. I assume Emilio just still keeps his hand held out. It's just like this. <sighs> Very well. That's all of it. I pour these gold coins around Kimmon. They're not gold, I'll remind you. No, they're Electrum. I pour these Electrum coins out. Close your eyes. What? Your eyes. And I flick my fingers over my... Close them. What are you doing? You must be ready. I don't know. As soon as you start pouring coins around the altar, I think Lug is going to start catching on to what's happening. Yeah, I could have also mentioned that you will face danger from Lug. That was inherent. I don't want you to be unable to act here, so feel free to do what you think makes sense, Lug. It is a part of the journey. You must rest and relax. What are you doing? What is that? And then I just slam my arm over your neck. And then you just see my ink from my back just start bubbling off of it. Isn't the cloak wrapped around? It is, yeah. Yeah. So on my bare back, the ink tattoos that are on there just start bubbling off the back and running off the side down into the pit, like just this inky mess, creating like web-like tendons. I sink my fingers into the pit. I picture it as the ink like running down these... The blood grooves? The eroded rivulets, yeah, of blood grooves. Yeah, Yeah. totally. I do think you have a problem with Lug trying to fight you, though. Yeah, totally. I knew this was part of it. Urzidi loops Talon over Lug and then like hangs off the back of the altar like trying to pin your arms down by the elbows. That seems like about the time we're going to get to a roll. ZD is trying to hold Lug in place. So I think in this ZD is the actor and Lug is the resistor, at least at this stage, right? Yes. Urzidi, give me a defy danger plus strength to hold Lug down in place. And then Logi will be able to interfere. It sounds like you don't need to. It's a seven. Ah, sounds like you do. Okay, I'm gonna resist. Even better. I don't have any bonds with you guys, so. I know. Oh, that's true. I'm hoping you roll badly. Nope, <laughs> nope. That's that's boxcars, baby. Oh, oh fuck. Log, what is this fail? What is this fail? Yeah, you're the one that did it. What does it look like? Describe what happens. You're trying to hold Lug down, right? Yeah, I'm like holding the shaft of Talon down on top of you. And we've talked about Lug being strong in the way that like ignoring normal physical constraints on top of similar to the skeletons that we've run into. There's a magical possession here that also pushes past physical limits. So Lug is going to just like push you off of him. You're going to go sliding and I think that you're going to be dangling off the side of the ziggurat? How does that sound? That's pretty action-packed. I'm into it. That sounds cool to me. You guys got a horse to lasso here, and if there's something in the shadows of that gazebo that we may have a bigger problem with trying to get up. It sounds like Lug, you now have the initiative. And yes, uh, Ruzi, you're hanging off probably in one hand because you've got talent in the other. I want to ask this question before we get too far in. What's up? Poultices and herbs. You're healed. Yeah, yeah, you can have those HP. Yeah. Awesome. It's definitely been enough time. Once you're out of the scene, for me, is basically when that works for poultices and herbs. Yeah. When part of the, like, hard framing puts you in another combat, that means they haven't worked, but after that, you're probably good. Yep, I totally agree. So, Erezidi goes sprawling, hanging off the side of the ziggurat, and Kimin slash Lug snaps up. Emilio, you can't understand this. This is Pythian. Mm. Now he's speaking. I tried to play along with your stupid games. Pretend... We have the same goal. 
At that, I just throw an elbow, and you just hear, none of your Pythian spells this time, and I just try and jack you across the jaw with my elbow. He just starts speaking fucking Pythian to me. I was there, man. Like, they were speaking Pythian as they turned my city to gold. Like, I didn't know what the fuck they were saying. You get him in the face, I think. He wasn't prepared necessarily for that, and, like, goes sliding off the altar. I'm dazed for a second. The point of this isn't to, like, diminish HP, that it's not the fun stuff. No, no, no. So, yeah, I think it's just back to you. I think I try and quickly move over to you as you've fallen off the altar, and I get yanked back like a dog on its leash because the ink seeded into, right, making its way down and growing roots to get to the well. So I can't, like, just get to you and keep covering you again. I, like pulling at the roots of a weed right and it like yanks me back so then i have to recompose and then like slowly try and start moving like shambling over to you as i have this giant root setting in my back let's see where uruzidi is at uruzidi while there are the stairs up the side right the the main structure of this ziggurat is made up of a few like large levels right a few large steps that forms the the main structure of the ziggurat which the stairs like cut into as they go up on the sides so you're hanging off this like top ledge right what do you do i'm assuming i'm like barely kind of holding on can i shimmy over and like basically get back on the stairs where i can like probably get a better foothold yeah, I think so. I'm not going to have you roll if that's the case. It's just going to take you a little bit more time rather than pulling yourself right up. Does that make sense? So it'll just take a little bit to shuffle over there. Yeah, I drop Talon because I can summon Talon back to my hand. Then yeah, so I think Luck and Melio, we're back to you. Melio, you start to take a step and you're rooted in place and Lug falling off of the altar and kneeling by it. I'm going to shoulder into the altar hmm. and knocking it loose from its base. Give me aid to fight danger plus strength. Uh, I believe that, Milo, you would have the chance to interfere. Your tendrils are running, like, down this altar, right? Cool, yeah. Eleven. I can? You can pull it down to a seven through nine, because it's minus two. You can make it a nine. Is it minus two on a hit? Yes. Yeah, yeah, let's do I it. I just want to do more stuff with interfere, because we never do, so I'm just giving everybody the chance yeah, to do it. Yeah, let's do <laughs> it, then. Much. Let's just roll it. <laughs> Uh, I have zero. Wait, how does this you work? You have a bond with Kimmon. I have a bond with Kimmon, so it's plus one. I think that counts. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I you, It's one way, not the other. Right. Yeah, I think so. Kimmon's at stake. Right. Fucking hell. Uh, it's a five. So, this means that we are left with a success on the part of Lug, a full success, and a fail to work with on the side of Melio. So, obviously, the success here, Lug, you smash into this altar, and it begins tumbling down the ramp into the pit. And, Melio, you see a wrapped arm reach out and bracing itself on one of these columns that hold the roof of the shrine aloft. It has numerous pieces of metal jutting out of the wrappings that you realize are nails and emerging from underneath the shadow of this shrine entrance into the ziggurat is a mummified creature with nails hammered in and across its body including what looks like a halo of nails across its head mm. in a semicircle above it. My one question is, they're hammered in. Yes. So it's not spikes out. Right. It's... They're hammered into it. Cool. Yep. So this mummified priest emerges, draped amongst its nails driven into various places on its body are fineries, golden collar, some golden bracelets, etc. Lug, you have smashed this altar that has rolled down. Melio, you're the first to see this mummified figure emerge what do you do so i'm in the middle of a ceremony basically and i am in an empowered place so i'm kind of taking that leverage to say i am also an empowered being a little bit because i also haven't used my metal her move in a little bit right on and i've wanted to do this one for a minute so i've got this root connected to me that's planted in the ground it raises me up, so I'm, like, dangling off the ground. You just see, like, this pulsing in my throat as my throat just expands like a frog. And then I just let out, like, a... Bah! And just, like, this energy from this fucking loud-ass screech breaks the floor in front of me. Sick. For Metal Hurlant, do you have to roll? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I roll <laughs> for this. Okay. Uh, That will be a 10. Very good. And you just deal the Metal Herlant damage, right? Which I think is also a... Is a D10, yep. Yeah, that's what I thought. 
It's a 10. You let out this blast of sonic magic. They're also deafened for a few minutes, but since they're a mummy, I don't even know if they hear too much. Yeah, your drums don't really apply anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I think as you describe, right, it rips some pieces off of the stone flooring, cracks it in a number of places, and hits this mummified priest. As it blows across it, the flesh distorts enough, right, that some of these nails clack into each other, making kind of this, like, tinkling, heavy, leaded chime sound to it. And the priest goes to one knee, takes a moment to gather itself, still existing, whatever, not alive, obviously, but still here, but obviously damaged. I think some of the nails are, like, ripped out of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And some of the wrapping has, like, been torn loose, right? And you see where it is ripped pieces out of this mummified, desiccated body. Lug, you're done shoving this altar off about the same time that Uruzidi is climbing back up the stairs. Seeing this scene happen, right? Seeing Melio unleash his magic and the priest fall to one knee. What do either of you do? Since I'm the antagonist and Melio rolled a 10+, plus, I think you should start, Zidi. Uh-huh. That follows. Did Melio's damage affect this mummified creature as well, or just Lug? Just the mummified creature. Just the mummified view. Oh, okay. It didn't hit Lug, yeah. ZD, I will say, I think Melio is pointing at this mummified corpse and gesturing like, get him, you know. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to fuck Lug up, but I'm going to try to fuck this corpse up. And to do that, I, of course, have to summon up my sword magic, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a 13, so I'm going to take those three hold. I'm going to activate the Lorica Vortex, and I'm going to use my sword magic. So I'm spending a hold to deal my damage, but what it looks like is I turn Talon and the Lorica Vortex into these massive shards of obsidian that go hurling towards this mummified figure. I'm going to try to like pin it to the wall with big chunks of obsidian and deal my damage to it. Cool. Roll your damage. That's 13 points of damage. That's a lot of damage. You destroy this priest. What does it look like? Because my intent was to pin it to basically the like back of this gazebo thing, or one of the columns of it, and I mm. think instead it these big chunks of flying magical obsidian just like rip its arms and legs off as Talon like slams into its torso and, you know, kills it. As these shards of magical energy, like, smash into this thing, do they, like, explode into magical light of some kind? Oh, yeah, it's like magical black light, right? Sick. So, yeah, as these obsidian shards explode into purple light, you see within the shadow of this shrine, the entrance to the ziggurat, another wrapped body with nails sitting on a sort of dais or... A throne with nails hammered into it. And as this mummified body is destroyed and falls to desiccated pieces of arms and legs, this other wrapped body begins standing up. You see in the light that there is another still sitting on another chair in the other corner of this building. This one stands and begins walking towards the entrance towards the three of you again. But importantly, I think, as it makes its way slowly, kind of shuffling slowly as it gets used to the body, you just use your sword magic, which means someone is able to take advantage of the opening that you create. Lug. I was going to ask for dibs. Yep. Absolutely. So my big stick, my studded club, was leaned against the altar. And while the two of these are fighting this this mummy that's coming up the stairs, which they've they've dispatched, I've had the opportunity to pick it up. And seeing Urizidi has evacuated his armor, I see an opportunity here. And I would like to take advantage of that opportunity. I'm going to take a swing at Urizidi. I love it. Okay, Ryan's giving me the horns. Fuck him up. So, yes, I want to hit Urizidi really hard in the face. Hack and slash. You got to ruin the perfect... <laughs> snake eyes. Whoa. Yes. That's snake eyes. Oh, shit. That's snake eyes. Damn. I would like to intercede. <laughs> hold on. I have a question. Yeah. I have two hold left. Yeah. I have forced a change of location. Since we're in the midst of 
ritual-ish things happening. Can Urzidi tap into that with his two hold to try to help send Lug back to Pythia? Because of the nature of the way that we've described this in the past, yes, but you're going with. No. (laughs) (laughs) That seems bad. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. Emilio, if you have something... I have an opportunity to just grab him. He failed critically. Not how Dungeon World works, but okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't mean about the numbers. He just. What I really mean is that at he, a critical juncture. Yeah, he focused on the guy who was being pointed at to attack, and not the guy who was pointing at him. Sure. I just see him start to walk over to club Herazidi. I would like to interpose myself and grab Lug Kimmen. I want to get this ritual on the way, and I think my tendrils have about made their way to the pit. I think it makes sense that you're going to be able to begin this ritual. It is still going to take a little bit of time, but I'm cool with this starting off, right? Log, you're going to feel this magical energy begin to seep into you. He's been given this opportunity because of your fail to start emancipating Kimmin from your possession. I feel like Melio, you grab me, but you don't. You're not grabbing me like with your just arms, because you're you're like encased now in this. Like I think so. Yeah, it's starting to just like the way you've the way you've kind of described yourself. You sound like a Resident Evil villain. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, the ink mixing with all this blood magic running through your veins, darkening them, like that kind of. Yeah, exactly. Lug, you will have the opportunity to resist this. Obviously, he does not have to roll, so it's on you to free yourself from this situation. Ruzidi, you see this mummified priest with nails driven into it emerge again from the shadows of the entryway. What do you guys do? Emilio, obviously you're concentrating on your ritual. Yeah, if I need to roll, I can totally roll. You'll roll to interfere with whatever Lug does, right? Cool, yeah. Urzidi's going to impose himself in between Kimmen and Lug and their struggle and like where these stairs come up. Right, so anybody who's trying to come up, I'm assuming they have to pass through like a fairly small portal. Uh, they're not coming up the stairs. It's like shrine entranceway into the ziggurat is like on the same level as the altar. It's just the altar like sticks out from it. So does the ziggurat rise up behind this? No, you enter the ziggurat at the top of it. Right, I'm just standing at the top of the stairs. Yeah. It goes down into the ziggurat, right? Yeah, yeah. It goes down into the ziggurat once you're into this entryway, but not stairs right underneath it. This shrine area has more to it. Like, it has these chairs here. It's oh, not down the stairs. Oh, okay. I, I see. So you I guys see. are all on the same level. He's just coming out from underneath the okay. entranceway, from underneath the columns So I'm just standing at whatever doorway they have to come out Cool. Of. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, are you going for your defend here, or are you just using your sword magic? What's going on? I got two hold left of this sword magic. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to just, like, try to blow this guy up as he comes out. <laughs> Hell yeah. You can just go for it. I think uh, roll your damage. Yeah. Spend that hold, right? That's a 14. That's <laughs> a substantial... I'm still whipping around that Lorica Vortex, just almost more of, like, a sandstorm of, like, Talon and my magic and the Vortex hammering into this mummy. Totally. So you're going to destroy this. And I think, again, as these magical explosions happen, right, and tear this mummy apart, driving the nails, like, through it and out the other side, it highlights in this purple light that third mummified body that was sitting on a chair. And you know or expect it to come, right? And as you look at it, this is, again, taking advantage of your opening. Yep. You can feel its gaze on you, and it catches your eye, and you feel your body go limp. Not falling to the ground or anything like that, but suddenly losing control over your own body. Melio and Lug, Mm. you are beginning this ritual, and Lug, you feel yourself being pulled and stretched out from the physical confines of Kimmin's body. What do you do? My initial thought was that Lug would try to talk his way out of it, because I do that poorly, and it's a nice way for the heel to lose the match, right? Also, it doesn't make any sense, and also, I don't think that Lug knows Melio's name, so that is a pro- <laughs> that's a problem yeah. with just, like, trying to appeal to you, where I'd be like, I don't think he's called you Melio. No, no. So you've got me in a bear hug, basically, right? Yeah, I think so. In that case, I'm just going to try to headbutt you and, like, buck backwards and try to break free of you that way. I like this being a hack and slash just because you're exposed to him. That sounds, that sounds, that sounds, yeah. Right? How do you feel about that? 
I don't know. I don't think HP is where this is at. You're just trying to free yourself? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. We'll like, do a Defy Danger plus Strength instead. It is definitely more about freeing yourself, it seems. I think you're right on that call. So Yeah, the, and, and the exchanging of damage is where it was like, I don't think that's where this is at at all. One person getting hurt is one thing, but both of us I don't think works. Fair. It's a 12. Can't even make it Can't back. even pull it down. Yeah. No. I was really hoping. Lug's head smashes back into you, Emilio, and Lug frees himself from your grasp. This doesn't mean it's all over. I think your magic is still affecting him, but you've lost control of it a little bit. You've lost your control over the situation. So Lug, I think, weeble wobbles for a second, getting control once again. I'm going to shove past Urizidi and try to drunken walk my way down these stairs, through the gateway and down into the ziggurat. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I'm walking past both of you. I think there's an opportunity for everybody to say nothing of the fucking mummy. ZD, I think you got to do something here. I got 10 plus to like, I think I'm shocked by the hit. I'm going to follow up with you, though. I'll be on your heels trying to stop him, probably yelling at you. That will potentially allow you to aid for what is coming next. Yeah. But currently, Rizidi, you are held fast in position by the unseen gaze from underneath this mummy's wrappings. It begins pulling a nail out of its chest. So I'm pinned in place. You are being mesmered. So I can spend a hold to take away an enemy's advantage. Hmm. Can I use my sword magic? Basically, like, I've had some training of the cult basically taught me to fight back against this using my magic. I think that that follows. Yeah. I'm going to spend that hold then to, like, break free of this thing's grip. And then I'm going to try to use the curved blade of Talon to trip Kimmon. I'm definitely interested in that. You can roll to try and stop him as Melio is yelling at you after spending this hold. I think that makes perfect sense. However, taking advantage of the break in the spell and taking the time to do that, and especially because you're turning your attention to try and stop Lug, this nail comes flying at you and is going to smash into you for 1d10 damage. That is 8 damage. Oh, God. Yeah, it hits hard. Square into your ribs, it sounds like. And obviously armor would apply, but... How big is the nail? I mean, these are crucifixion nails. Okay, so they're so pretty big. big. Yeah. like curls up around the pain, but I'm still going to try to trip Lug. This could be quick thinking, maybe, but I'm also leaning towards it's more about resisting the pain. Like, you can do it, and it's not that, but it's it's ignoring this nail that gets driven into you. Does that follow? I think quick thinking makes more sense. I think the nail and the tripping are happening at the same time oh, in the way okay. that you've described the scene. I could conceivably trip him at this point by just like falling into him. <laughs> yeah. Like succumbing to the pain. All right. Yeah. Give me the defied injury plus intelligence. Uh, 11. You have your chance to interfere. Yeah. We do have in this spot me just trying to shove Irizidi to the ground as I walk by. At best, this is just going to complicate the situation, but I think this will get wrapped up pretty quick after this. Also, I have my spot to aid. That's a nine. Can Melio aid and bring me back up to a ten? Yeah, right? Yes, Melio can definitely aid you to pull it back up to a ten. But there's still the nine on the table. Yeah. <laughs> a twelve? There it is. Pulling it back up to a ten. I think you guys have me now. Yeah, I mean, I think what happens is... You're running past and you're trying to get down the stairs, but this priest is like standing now next to the stairs that you're trying to run down inside the shrine. And even though you're trying to run into him, you make the mistake of gazing at this priest and it mesmers you instead. This nail does go driving into Urizidi, much to his discomfort. And I think what happens is that mix, right? It does, that you guys collide into each other, but it gives Melio the chance to grab onto you, fully stopping you from escaping. Are we going to do the ritual? Is that what's going to happen here? I feel like that's where we're at. Do you want to just describe the ritual? Yeah, that sounds good. Give me the whole thing. So I'm standing at the top of the stairs and you can go from there. You're standing at the top of the stairs and I grab you as you're mesmered, turn you around. At the same time, we get a cut back down to the pit where the ink has finally made its way into its pools, wriggling and writhing. And immediately these guts just cinch and entwine themselves into the ink. They're like worms crawling up into the ink before they get absorbed into it, and you can't see them as they 
burrow their way up these channels. We come back up to me. I turn you around, Lug, and the last thing you see is my jaw opening up and unhinging like a snake that's going to swallow something far too big. As these guts spill out of my mouth and tendril into your eye sockets and your mouth and pull and pulse and retch your soul or whatever approximation of existence you have from your host body. You'll have to disenchant Urzidi. I'm tired of his sword magic move. You have to disenchant Talon. Since I'm the antagonist and Melia rolled a 10 plus, I think you should start, Zidi. Uh-huh. That follows. The move's called sword magic. If you... <laughs> I know. That's the... You, you, have to, you have to kneel down and invoke your sword magic to use it, though. Sorry, or you could lift your hand and summon your sword <laughs> We're being dickheads. I'm so, yeah. Yeah, we're we're not being serious. Touch the magic basketball and get the power of Charles Barkley. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> did Melio's damage affect this mummified creature as well, or just Lurg? It was just going J- after just no, the mummified, just the mummified, mummified creature. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. It didn't hit Lug, yeah. Or yeah, not Lurg. Lug. Yeah. It all kind of rolls together. Lurg, please. Lurg is my father. <laughs> I've yet to earn the R in my name. If I try hard enough, I can get a vowel. Oh, man. Hi. I'm Lurg of Lurg's Lug Nuts. <laughs> and for years, my family has been... Lug will actually get changed into laugh if he earns too many letters. For generations, we've been molding other people's bones into Lug Nuts. <laughs> I'm sure happy to be functional and useful. <laughs> Do you feel like your life is pointless and you're up to you're not doing anything productive for society? Come on down to Lurg's Lug Nuts and we'll break your bones and make lug nuts out of it. We'll break your bones. I get to I get to feel terrible and become useful. <laughs> Sign me up. Uh, I feel I, terrible. So all you're becoming adding is useful. that I become useful. So. <laughs> It's all upside, baby. Either you get off on it, or it's a lateral movement. <laughs> um, ZD, I will say, I think Milio is pointing at this mummified corpse and gesturing like, get him, you know. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to fuck Lug up, but I'm going to try to fuck this corpse up. And to do that, I, of course, have to summon up my sword magic. So. He said the words! <laughs> it's the Bart Simpson. <laughs> Sword magic. Uh, ah! <laughs> I'm to meme that for this this episode when I drop it. <laughs>